Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host today, Tom Kruzik, and today we're turning the tables. Erica Bonzer, our usual host, is sitting in the hot seat, and we're going to talk about how do we put our people first and how it relates to employee benefits. Uh, before Erica came to work for our team as director of marketing, she worked as a community and people developer at Lululemon, and she's also started her own business where she expanded this work with small businesses in Colorado. How's it going, Erica? It's going pretty great, Tom. It's not. I'm yeah. not used to sitting on this side. <laughs> yeah, happy Friday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today, you know, I think we've both had a lot of really good conversations with businesses, with uh, people in HR roles, and what we want to focus on is how do we make sure that we're creating a really good culture for employers and employees and how are ways that we can make sure that we're putting people first? So give us a little background as far as why uh, that topic resonates with you and kind of what it means for you to put people first. Yeah. So I think it's important to start from the beginning, right? So you mentioned I came from Lululemon. So anyone listening out there who is familiar with the structure of that organization, um, folding or selling pants is what keeps the lights on, right? It's Uh more about who you are as an individual and every day that you walk into that organization to, um, to start your shift, you are in the process of getting curious and talking about possibility and um, talking about how you can be a bigger person for yourself, your community, for the world. Um, So that people development piece is just a living, breathing being. And I love it. I I drank that Kool-Aid. Everything about it resonated with me. And I think maybe it was an age piece too. When I first started working there, it was around a time where I was really curious and wanting to establish myself and like figure out who I was going to show up for um, in the world and in my career moving forward. So when I left that organization, I didn't want to stop that work. So it really inspired me to start my own business. And it's interesting to see where my business had shifted to um, after starting it from where I, I thought it was going. So I you know, started that business, my consulting practice, with the intention of helping other business owners uh, learn how to develop their people from a leadership standpoint, um, bringing that culture piece into the workplace. But all I got hired for was branding and marketing. And it was a really interesting switch for me or to see that the culture piece really does start when you start talking about brand. Um, so that's that's kind of how I, I started uh, started off and, and how I got connected here with ABG. And um, for me, the the brand piece is so important because it lays the groundwork for how the organization is going to feel, sound, uh, taste, smell um, to the world. And if you develop it right, your organization now is a as a human being with emotions and depth and background and um, you end up hiring within that. And so Mm -hmm. the putting your people first part is now just an aspect of what's right 
based off of the branding and the culture that you've uh, put in place for the organization. So um, I guess that's my overall definition, right? Like what does it mean to put your people first? It means uh, to put practices and metrics and emphasis like, or things in place to take care of not just the people within the organization, but everyone that comes into contact with the organization. And that's what's really going to make sure that your business is thriving and moving forward rather than getting stuck and being stagnant. Yeah. I think two things that I would add to that is we want business owners to know that their employees have a voice and part of the culture piece is creating a voice for the organization. And by putting your people for first, that creates one unified voice. And we've definitely seen multiple businesses where there's multiple voices and it's mm-hmm. hard to pinpoint what's the, what's the culture of that organization until they do some work internally, uh, which then affects their community, right? Their clients, their mm-hmm. stakeholders, their, their people that they work with, the um, family members of the employees. Without a unified voice, you can definitely see um, a little bit more disruption, breakdowns in communication. Absolutely. And I think another piece that comes up to me when you're talking about um, giving your people a voice is not having all communication come from the top down. Um, it's about a, the leader empowering the team, the, the people, the, like the, the ones on the ground doing the work, um, empowering them to take a stand and, and, and be the voice of the company and then the company backing that up. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the you know, top couple things that we want employers to know uh, when talking about how do, we, how do we change culture? How do we create a people-first environment? Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it, the easiest thing to do is create the groundwork, right, the, from, from the branding stage. So that would be from when you first start creating, thinking about your business and how you're going to build it. But most of us, um, have been in business for a very long time. And so there's going to be a lot more work involved, but it is worth it. So um, let's say you're an organization, you've been around for, I don't know, 30 plus years, and you're finally realizing, ooh, there's, there's some gaps here that we really need to fill when it comes to our people culture. It's really about going back to the drawing board and picking apart what you have done from the branding process, right? So a brand is not a logo. It's not a color that you chose, you know, the, the blue that lives around your office. It's not a font. It is about, it's, it's people's gut reaction to who you are um, as an organization. So go back and analyze, like, how do people feel about us, right? And that could be done from, um, like uh, groups taking polls, doing some research there, um, or just getting into some intentional work, maybe hiring on a consultant to do that for you. And, and then seeing like what needs to change in order to represent whether it's the values we currently hold or the values we need to shift into. And then how is that going to play out? So um, 
everything you do from a branding perspective, right? Like a lot of brand is external. It's how you want the world to see you, but you have to start from the inside out. So how does the organization interact with and speak on behalf of what you've done from a branding perspective? So it's a lot of change in behavior, Mm -hmm. um, which is not easy for a lot of people. Um, So it also takes a lot of buy-in um to that process but i would say the groundwork is number one non-negotiable like has to happen there in order to promote change gotcha and and communicating effectively the mission vision mission vision and values too internally i think goes a long way and if a company is in that mature phase 30 years in they might need to do some work to change that yeah, as well like, before they can communicate that with their staff. For me, uh, what I've seen is a lot of organizations have mission, vision, values, and I don't trust that when they read it, it's actually giving them goosebumps mm. and uh, inspiring them to get out of bed on a Monday and be like, oh yeah, like I get to go to work today because I get to do this, whatever that is. Um, a lot of people have it just because it's something nice to put on a website and that's as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah. So but you have to I have mean, intentionality behind it too, yeah. right? If, if it's just something on the wall, it definitely isn't, you have to live and breathe it for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I would encourage anyone going back and looking at that is like, does this give you goosebumps? Because if it doesn't, then you got to keep on, keep on pushing it, keep mm-hmm. on, um, uh, driving those conversations because if you don't believe it as a as a CEO as a someone managing others then nobody else is gonna and believe it as well yeah so yeah. what are some things companies can master around putting people first so for me um, my number one rule and, th- and this is a personal one so um, whether you're you know, others adopted or not. I, what's been helpful for me is to con- consistently be a student of human behavior. So that emotional intelligence is so important. And I'm not just saying that, I mean, it's very helpful in the marketing world, right? Like in order to market effectively to others, you have to understand the motive and how, um, how people really move throughout the world and the whys behind it. There's, there's no difference when it comes to managing your people, right? Um, we've all had an instance where maybe an employee lashes out, um, whether, you know, whether it's aggressively or passive aggressively, or even maybe an employee that shows up to work late and it's, it's a consistent, like chronic issue. It's not that they Oh, it might be that they don't like their work, but it's, it's most of the time it's, it's not that it's not something that needs to be managed out. It's for me, the greatest successes that I have had is being the ability to take a step back and understand the root cause to this behavior. And then having a human connection, a human conversation with an individual to to help them maybe pick that apart. I'm not saying that we're all therapists. It, it, sometimes I definitely feel like I, I do take that role, but there's more trust and there's more um, connection in that process that will allow that employee to 
change the behavior on their own without be, being shamed into it or prod, um, uh, managed into that. It and it empowers them to to make that change, but also to be committed to the organization itself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Um. <laughs> yes. Feedback. <laughs> Feedback yeah, and communication. Man, that is one that it's it's the hardest one to do because a lot of us don't want to hurt anyone else's feelings. And we associate feedback, especially like feedback for opportunity as uh, this is going to hurt. So as an organization, the culture of feedback has to be there because if you approach feedback from a place of love and understanding and genuine desire to help the other person or help yourself understand more, um, feedback is your greatest tool to unify an organization and a team and propel yourself into the future. Um, but a lot of us don't do it. So um, a lack of feedback, I would say, we all know, breeds background conversations, breeds stories of who we think an individual is, which you don't know what you don't know. Um, it's toxic. So being committed to having hard conversations and um, holding space for others to share openly is so important. Um, and I would say as a leader, your next step is to hold others accountable to having those conversations too. You can't be the only one. Um, if you see someone choosing to revert back to old behaviors, which is maybe a background conversation type behavior, you need to remind them strongly and uh, with uh, some humanity <laughs> to correct. That'd be, that's, that's my other nugget of must do's. Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing that you mentioned was breeding kind of that background noise um, without mm. uh, openness and feedback. When you have an organization that really does thrive, uh, it's because there's lines of communication going each way. It doesn't matter what rung of the ladder you're on. If you're a kind of vertically um, kind of organ organized company, mm -hmm. uh, but being able to say, Hey, you know, I thought you did a really good job here or, Hey, I, you really missed the mark here. Let's talk about it. But being really intentional about that, not just walking by somebody in the hallway and be like, Oh, you really messed that one up. Didn't you? <laughs> it's, you know, having an intentional conversation, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minutes, but pulling somebody aside and saying positive or negative feedback, and then also creating openness for them to accept that and being in a spot where they might be super pissed off at you based on the feedback you give them, but giving them that, that piece where it's about loving for the organization and the company and mm -hmm. that person individually, um, being in that space for a little bit definitely helps. Definitely. And I think too, um, you know, it, it's easy to give praise, right? Um, it's, it's even better to give it and then have some measurables around it so they know exactly what they did well and to continue. But the hard part is when somebody does something and you need to get feedback, but you're so upset, whether it's sad, angry, frustrated. Um, and I think the openness 
for communication also starts or is turned towards yourself. Um, don't just give someone feedback because you're upset. Give someone feedback because you want to help them explain or, or help them see the behavior that they did, the impact, the change, and have that open dialogue. Um, so I, I say that because for me, sometimes it, it takes me a moment. I, I need to step back and fully understand what I'm feeling and the whys behind it. Um, Definitely. So before engaging in a conversation that I would prefer not to be rooted in emotion and rooted in um, facts and action items. Definitely. Yeah. So let's switch gears. Let's, let's take that feedback piece. Let's kind of close that door. Let's talk about how uh, companies can put their people first around employee benefit programs. You know, there's a lot of really good perks that employers are putting out there for their staff these days. Um, what, it, why, why should employers really kind of focus on employee benefits, not just how much they pay somebody uh, a wage? Yeah. Well, for me, what I have, what I have seen of some, I'm not saying all, some use the employee benefits as a way to entice, you know, new hires. Like how can I get the top the top talent to be a part of my organization, to make an impact. Oh, we need the bells and whistles, right? Um, it's a, it's a tool that they use to get people to stay. And I'm not saying that's wrong. It's, it's very real for me. When I look at an employee benefits program, it has nothing to do about the organization and, and it has everything to do about an organization being equally as invested in the lives of their team as their team are to the success of the organization when they show up to work every day. So um, if it is a culture piece for you to put people first, an employee benefits program is a, is just what you do. Right. And, you know, what healthcare is, is taking care of, not just the team, it's, it's their families. It's the extension uh, 401k, you know, being, invested in someone's future and future life and happiness and goals. I mean, it just, it's the right, it's the right thing to do, especially moving forward. If you don't have one for your team, it's very important to engage in those conversations to see how that can be possible. Um, Cause there might be ways that you're unaware of, you know, I know some small businesses that I've worked with funding is an issue or a, a hot topic that comes into communication and, it can be done. And I, and I know after speaking with you, Tom, it, it definitely can be done. Yeah. I think we definitely like to see employers who not only, you know, check the box and they say, okay, we got to have healthcare. We got to have dental. We got to have vision. We got to have a 401k, but it's, it's what goes beyond and beyond that. If you're going to have a 401k, how are you also preparing your employees for retirement? It's not just mm -hmm. about the money that goes in the account but it's about who's the right vendor for you that's going to really educate and support your employees because if they can reduce their financial stress uh, in the workplace, then they're able to come with more confidence to get their job done. Um, there's other ways to do that, obviously. And, and there's other perks. Some companies say that, you know, having a, having a good cold brew on tap and some kombucha <laughs> is, is a perk. And those are all really good things that we're seeing some shifts with. Um, and some of that gets lost when you have remote employees or, 
mm-hmm. when not everybody's in the same office. So when you're thinking about putting people first based on your corporate culture, but also how your employees are interacting with each other, there's definitely mm-hmm. some really creative ways to do that that makes the organization shine and also promotes that culture as well. Yeah. And I would say just a different way of looking at it that if traditionally your view on employee benefits was a way to retain and gain top talent, know that the benefits program is not your solution to that. The company culture, the mission, vision, values is what is going to attract and retain that top talent. The benefits program is an aspect of that culture, mission, vision, and values. Mm, Good Um, point. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it just comes down to evaluating who you are and what you stand for um, as an organization in this world. And then, you know, putting some passion and intention behind it and the employee benefits is just a, it's kind of a, one of those no duh situations. It just, (laughs) it just makes sense. Um, And it's a people focused, human focused uh, resource. And it's such a beautiful thing that people get to be a part of. Um, Yeah. So as we wrap up, um, I'm going to ask you, what kind of resources can we provide to um, to people listening that they might be able to go out and read on their own? Um, mm-hmm. If you have a couple of books that you might recommend uh, and while you're thinking about that, I'll give a couple that I really gravitate towards uh, and then mm-hmm. turn it back over to you. Um, the two that I really think work really hand in hand with putting people first and creating that mission, vision, values in a way that not only promotes internal, but also external uh, culture. One is called Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, it's a great book, and it really is a, is a way to go through a tactical exercise with your leadership team to, to develop that. And then the other one is uh, Story Brand, and that's uh, by Donald Miller. Those are two that I would say are top of mind for me um, that I would encourage listeners to, if they really want to get into enhancing this for their employees, employees and their and their corporate culture too that I would recommend. What about you, Erica? Oh man, my mind's jumped <laughs> my books 12, upstairs. Right? There's yeah. a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. Um I would say a good place to start if you're just in the process of uh figuring out like I don't even know what to do here, right? Like dive into that human behavior aspect. Anything by Brene Brown is gold. So just go and do that. Um <laughs> yep. That's a good one. And um when you're looking from a strategy standpoint and, you know, talking about branding, my go-tos are anything by Marty Neumeier. Um, he is an individual based in California that is just like the go-to when it, when we're talking about brand and it, and I won't say much more than that. Just by you looking at um, and reading some of his books, it's very clear that that is a, a really great way if you don't have the, the funds or the sources to get a consultant to help you in that process. There you go. And then Simon Sinek, who is a phenomenal speaker, but um, does a really great job with helping organizations understand that why behind what they do. Um, He has a book, Start With Why, several TED Talks, but there's also a workbook that is worth looking into called Finding Your Why 
that if you were to get and take your organization through, um, I would say like great starting point would highly recommend. And we'll put this in the show notes, right, Tom? Definitely. I'm not taking all of the credit for this podcast. You get you still got to show notes. <laughs> oh, right. Still got to yeah. it. <laughs> Once you get out of the hot seat. <laughs> uh, anything else we want to add uh, before we kind of wrap up? Um, man, so I would add that follow our, uh, social handles. They will all be in the show notes because we're having these intentional conversations all of the time, but we're also taking a shift. You know, we stand for, uh, you know, putting people first as an organization. I mean, we, we work with people and putting together retirement plans. Like we, we're in this work every day. And so we're having a lot of those conversations on social and we're putting extra resources out there to help you with everything that we just talked about today. So if you are looking for something that is scroll and binge worthy, click on the link in the show notes and it'll take you there. Great. Well, thanks Erica for being the hot seat today. I thought it was really beneficial for us to turn the tide a little bit. Uh, We'll get back to finding some new guests next week and um, to everybody in the let's listening. Thank you for your time. And we look forward to uh, chatting and having a conversation with you about this topic in the future. Thanks everyone. Bye.